Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel here with my dad. Hey, Joel. I'm Rick. Hey, nice to meet you, Rick. <laughs> I realized I kind of said that backwards, didn't I? <laughs> hey, I'm Rick. And hey, Joel. Uh, so here's what here's the, here's one for you. Okay. I have this verse. I've heard it my whole life, and but I'm I'm concerned that it's being taken to too much of an extreme uh, in our current world. Okay. It's this one. Uh, Paul basically says. Uh, I have made myself, I pulled up a really bad translation of this. It's the verse that says, I've become all things to all people. Uh, Where's that verse? Let me just warn you, we never start these over again. Shoot, (laughs) I pulled up the the wrong. All right, look, here here it is. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. To the weak, I become weak, that I might win the weak, blah, 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 Wait, blah, there blah. are bad translations out there? There's some we shouldn't read? Well, I pulled up, <laughs> I, I don't know what I pulled up, but I thought I'd pulled up the right one, but it, it's, anyway. <laughs> what does it mean to become all things to all people? Because here's what I've seen it mean for a lot of Christians. Okay. They literally compromise themselves to fit in oh, yeah. and be cool and uh, like, well, I'm uh, just like you, man. I'm just like you. And, but it really doesn't, it really actually, you know, yeah. what's that verse that says, uh, God is not mocked, a man reaps what he sows, and yeah. uh, uh, he, a companion of fools will suffer harm. You hang out with people that are going to harm you, it's not going to go well. So what does yeah. it mean to become all things, all people, and to you? Well, let me just say, first of all, whenever people pull out a quote like that, they need to know what it's saying in context. Yes. When he said that, what the heck was he talking about? Yeah. And in that particular context, the whole chapter, in fact, well, first of all, he was talking to a bunch of carnal a church, and he was trying to bring them back to listen to him. They weren't even listening to him. But then he says, I'm free, but I make myself a slave to all people mm. for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is not so I fit in. It's not so I'm accepted. It's not about me. It's about being able to share the gospel with them. And if you're going in there and living in the exact same way they are, well, why would I want to listen to you? I mean, you're the same mess I am. It's like a guy who's in a hole saying, here, let me pull you out of the hole. Well, you're in the same hole I'm in, dude. You're not going to help me out. It's got to be somebody who's got a a little higher perspective that's going to be able to pull me out of a hole. (laughs) So this is going to make some people upset. There's this song on Christian radio that I cannot stand. And I get the heart of it, but I don't like it. And I got it a says, bunch of them like and that. And it says, if we fall, we'll fall together. And I'm like, wait, hold what? up, bro. You don't want me falling with you. Like, you want me up here so I can pull you up if you fall. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, I'll look it up. But uh, that, that's that idea of like, well, we'll just all be in the mud together, man. And I, I get <laughs> I'm not it. Planning like, getting, really, I mean, yeah. when it really comes down to it, we're all kind of in the mud together. True, true. But- this idea that, yeah, man, well, I'll just like, I'll just descend down there to where you're at. And I've just seen that doesn't work very well if you're going to try and pull people out. No, no, so. you, you find yourself in, mired in the same mud there. And so what, what, again, what Paul was talking about though is. Oh, it's for King and Country, this song. Wow. Oh, I actually well, like them. They're a good group. Yeah. I like they are. Them too. Wow. Somebody didn't check their lyrics on this. Oh, one. well, you can, you can always change the lyrics a little bit. Here it is. It, uh, if we fall, we will fall together, together. Ouch! No, I don't like that. Uh, and I don't even think that, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I prefer Rich Mullins ones, if I fall, may I fall on the grace that led me to you. You know, that's yeah, uh, that's yeah. a whole lot better. If I'm going to fall, I don't want to fall into the mud again. 
Yeah. Okay. But I mean, this is an example of kind of this world we're in right now. It's mm -hmm. like, well, the only way that you can really relate to somebody is to get down in the muck and mire with them. Yes, I agree with that, but I don't agree with you that. You know, if you read though, this particular passage where Paul says, he says, when I'm with those who keep the law, when I'm with the Jews, I keep the law. But listen, in New Living, I love So some would say, well, then you're just giving into their bondage. Yeah, yeah, that's what some would say. But other, but Paul would say, no, I am I am honoring them because I'm only going to win friends to the Lord. And so I'm willing. He said, I'm free, but I will become a slave if it will allow me to draw you. He's looking for commonalities. How can I have something in common with you so he's going to keep the law when he's with them? I mean, he had Timothy. When Timothy joined him, everybody knew Timothy was had a Greek father. He had Timothy circumcised. Ouch. Huh. <laughs> because... He knew, because everybody knew he had a Greek father, so they knew he was not circumcised. And so Paul, in order to be able to minister to the Jews, said, hey, Timothy, you're going under the knife, my friend. You know, you're a grown man, but you're... Yeah. And so he did that because he was willing to... Uh, he knew that would open a door instead of slamming a door. And so he said, for the sake of the gospel, we're going to do this. There was another time, I think he had his head shaved or something, when they came back and they were going to be ministering to the Jews. And it says he, he had his head shaved as a sign and it was one of the things of the law. And so again, it was a matter of what does it take to open the door here? But then he says, when I'm with those who don't keep the law, I'm as one who doesn't keep the law. But then in the new living, I love the way they say it. He, but I don't violate God's law. Okay. In Our, other words, I'm not gonna. Okay, go ahead. All right. So I got a problem with that because Jesus the reason that people got mad at him is because they said, you aren't keeping the law. Right. Well, yeah, but, he, they, but that wasn't true. But he was with people. Well, he was with tax collectors. And they're like, you're eating with tax collectors. He was not keeping the traditions of men. What had happened is the actual law, the law says to love your neighbor. Right, right, right. I mean, the-, the Oh, that's a good point. It, it was the stuff they had tagged onto the law. Exactly. Yeah. And so he was not keeping the traditions that had developed all the hand washings and all those sort right. of things. Well, you know? like his, when his disciples were picking wheat, uh, yeah. walking through the field, and they're like, yeah, what are they doing? They're working. And he's like, well, you know- That is not Sabbath working. is made for man, not man for the Sabbath, right? Yeah. yeah. But, and that was the thing. They had made all these rules about, oh, we're not to work on the Sabbath. We need to quantify that. We need to dice that up and yeah. figure out how much, how far can you walk without becoming- Right. Before it becomes work, yeah. I'm going to do that. And so that's where he said, you guys are hypocrites. You know, if your ox falls in, you're not going to say, oh, got to wait till tomorrow. You're going to pull the ox out. And so here's a son who's caught in a child of God, who's caught in this blindness or whatever limp withered hand. Yeah. I'm going to pull him out of the ditch. And so he says, if you'll do it for your ox, why not do it for people? Okay. So, and that is, I had never, I knew that, but it didn't register with me that he had made Timothy get circumcised yeah. just so he could minister. It, like that that to me is so like anathema to everything we do these days. We're like, well, if you can't accept me as I am, man, <laughs> yeah. you don't deserve what I bring to the table. Yeah. I and mean, that's the way most of us say it, right? If you can't accept my lived experience, you don't deserve what I bring to the table. It's yeah. like, as like I shared with you earlier, you know, it's like uh, we're taught to question everything except our own perspective on the world mm -hmm. you know and so that's me man i got it I, I'll, I, my reality is real that's yeah. the real truth you know uh, come on man how arrogant i mean is your that? perception of reality is your perception but it ain't reality but it's very limited it's yeah. only through two little eyes that have lived how many years on a planet that's been around for how long we're not even going to go there <laughs> yeah uh, six thousand years, years period no, i'm just kidding <laughs> but anyway it's very limited our perspective is and yet we think it's the ultimate truth 
And, yeah. and it's hard to convince us otherwise. You know? Yeah. So how, okay, that's an interesting one. So like, let, let's talk, all right, so here's a real, we're going to really just dive into the hole here. <laughs> let's talk about uh, tattoos. Oh my. So there's a lot of people that like, well, the, the, they don't accept me because of my tattoo. Not so much anymore. I don't actually know yeah. any church anymore that doesn't, that like freaks out about tattoos. Or I'm sure there's some out I'm there. I'm sure there's some yeah. out there. If there was nobody with tattoos a lot in church, our church would be empty, the church I go to, because uh, literally I'm the only guy without a tattoo. Well, if you're a worship leader, you got to have one but, strategically planted so everybody yeah, can yeah. see it. You know. But here's the thing. I still feel like I'm able to minister to people in our church and I ain't tatted up. Yeah. I don't have a single tattoo on my body. Yeah. So where's that fit in with that? Because maybe it's like the more vanilla you are, the more you're going to fit in with people. I think in many ways that's, that's true. Um, we talked once before about a guy named Bill Gothard who um, he, he was the most boring speaker. He would stand in a blue suit, always the same white shirt, blue tie, looked like an IBM salesman from ages ago and they used to wear all that. And he would just, talk, he would never get very excited. His humor was very dry and he ministered to thousands of people. He ministered to blazing charismatics and he ministered to the chosen frozen. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody could listen to him because there was nothing offensive in his clothing or in his speech. Now, many people maybe got upset by what he said, right? but I mean, people got upset by what Jesus said too, but they, that, that's just the way it is when you're, you know, the gospel is offensive. I have that way too. I mean, uh, you know, I would like to wear a t-shirt and shorts when I speak because that's what I wear the rest of the week. But I've found when something like that can distract people. I'd like to yeah, wear a exactly. hat. Like I remember one time I, I wore a hat at to lead worship on a, not even a Sunday morning. And a guy came up to after he's like, I was highly offended by your hat. I couldn't even worship. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like part of me is like, well, tough for you. Like that's yeah. your problem, not mine. But, but there's this element. And I realized that I'm like, it's my responsibility if I want to get my message across. Yes. If I want to get my message across, I have to, unfortunately, be a little more vanilla than I'd like to be in my presentation of myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't really want to wear a collared shirt and, and yeah. nice pants. Uh, I'd rather wear flip-flop shorts and a T-shirt. But yeah. I know that there are a group of people that they're just not going to listen to me because of that. But, Joel, the spiritually um, arrogant is going to say to you, God looks on your heart, Joel. Only man looks on the outward appearance. But here's the thing. If you're wanting to minister to men, then you better watch what your outward appearance is. Right. Man looks at the outward appearance. Yeah. And so he's going to. Yeah. And if you're truly spiritual, you're going to look past it. Like you're going to listen to anybody for what they present. But yeah. yeah but most of us can't do that. Because we're not God. I can't not see you. I cannot see your heart. Yeah. I can only see the outside. So if you're, if you want an open door, if you don't want to have mountains, you have to climb to, to minister to me, then dress appropriately, which what is appropriate? Appropriately is when nobody even notices what you're wearing. Right. So if you're in a tuxedo and you're in a group of people in tuxedos, then you're dressed appropriately. If you're with a bunch of people in t-shirts, then a tuxedo or even a suit's not appropriate. That's a good point. Because if, if you think about how flashy, we, we when we were in Peru a couple of weeks ago, we were sitting at this restaurant and these two people walked in and they were dressed like totally outlandishly. Like they looked like Eastern gurus in these wild clothes and they walked mm -hmm. in, they flowed in and they like looked around. It was like, they wanted everybody to look at them. Yeah. And I was like, what was that all about? <laughs> and uh, then afterwards I saw these people sitting around in a group and they were just, just overly mellifluous with each other. And, and I was like, who are y'all? Oh, we're here with the founders of the keepers of the light. 
<laughs> and I was like, what is the keepers of light? Oh, and, I, and they're like, you, and I went to their website and I was like, oh, that's those people that walk. The keeper of the light was the actually in the restaurant, the right? Ooh. But they intentionally dressed in this weird way. And it's funny, all their followers intentionally dressed in this way to yeah. stand out. Yeah. And okay, so that's what's, uh, that's a good another point too, because we are called to stand out as Christians, but it's called to stand out for our moral the way we walk, character, our character, yeah. so that even when they, you know, it says you know, walk uprightly. So even when they bring ac- accusation against you, they, they don't really have anything to get, bring against you in your character. Yeah. Um, so I, there is a standing out we're called to do, right? We're like, I'm not called to morally be all things to all people ethically. I'm called to a star- higher standard of that. But then it gets tricky again because then that's what the, the the Jews with circumcision that was part of their law. Yeah. Well, again, the idea being Paul says. Um, when he says being all things to all people, he says, I make myself a slave mm-hmm. to others. In other words, I def- what he's basically saying is, I defer my rights. He says, I have a right, and, and he starts off that whole chapter. Look, I have a right for you to support me, but I didn't demand it. In fact, I don't want you to support me because I don't want that. I don't want you to think that's what I'm looking for. He says, I've yielded my rights. I have a right to this. I have a right to this. I have a right to travel with a wife like others. Um Anyway, he may have been married at one point in time. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, he says, I yield these rights for the sake of the gospel, because that's what's going to open a door for me to be able to share the gospel with you. Where's so, the line between that and people pleasing, though? Uh, well, it's in your attitude. It's uh, the, the answer is almost it's in your heart. What right. is your goal? If your goal is, I want to be able to sit down and talk with this person and share the gospel. So to do that, I'm not, I may not have to go out and get on 15 tattoos, because again, it's not... People initially, man looks on the outward appearance. That's right. all he can do initially. But if you begin to listen to somebody, if you begin to interact with somebody and show that you value them, all of a sudden the outward appearance disappears. Yeah. Because they begin to see, gosh, this guy is really a nerd, but he cares about me. Which is where I do have a problem with the reason some people get certain things is it's not to become all things to all people. It's to say, I'm going to stick it to the man and show him I can be this and still be a good Christian. Like, yeah, you know, back in the day, I remember that was that way, you know, like we're going to, we're going to get tattoos just to show you that, you know, and now the whole world's got tattoos, but yeah. So uh, now I have to get them taken off. But again, it's, again, it's so much of it's in the heart. Like, are you becoming all things to all people? What's the reason you're becoming all things? And that's what Paul says. So that I may win some to Christ. It goes back to the, what's the motive behind it? Yeah. Yeah. And again, if you're, You know, if you are lowering yourself to a sinful standard, then you're not going to be winning them because you're just getting down in the pit instead of, but there's a way that you can let somebody know you care about them without it looking like you're looking down on them. I mean, Jesus demonstrated perfectly. He says to that woman, you know, the woman at the well, he was not looking down on her because she was a woman. He was not looking down on her because she was living immorally. He was not looking down on her. He asked her, Hey, would you give me something to drink? He was looking up like, I'm helpless. I need help here. Can you help mm. me? And so he just, he showed respect. He showed, he didn't endorse her sinfulness. The woman caught in adultery, he didn't endorse her sinfulness, but neither do I condemn you. Jesus wasn't sent in John three seventeen. He was not sent into the world to condemn the world. And somehow we feel like that's our job to do is to condemn the world. If he didn't do it, where do we get off doing it? Mm-hmm. But we can just love people. Now, we do judge those in the church. That's where Paul makes very clear. He says, but who am I to judge those outside the church? I'm just to love them. Yeah. And I can do that. Yeah, it's not easy because, again, I'm a man and I look on the outward appearance. So I look at this guy and or 
gal and <clears throat> man, this they are really messed up. And I have to get over that. And that's where Paul's saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna minister to that messed up person. I'm not gonna become messed up. Right. But I'm going to um love them, express the love of God, express the love, the acceptance of Jesus. And if it's not breaking the law of God, then yeah, go for it. And we're yeah. not in the law. That's what he says. I'm not under the law. There are all things that are lawful to me. It says in the same area, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are profitable. Mm, that's yeah. That's in that. That is right in that. Same it's area. right in that same area. Wow. He's talking about that. So yeah, it all ties together. Yeah, amazing. It's like it was written by one guy, like God or something. So the point is, we defer our rights, yield our rights for the sake of reaching others, because we're only going to win win friends to the Lord. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.